This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I could call her. Wish I had a rabbit and a hat and a bat and a 64 Impala. But... Welcome to CC Conversations. Um, I'm here with uh, Slick Ricky Vic, Rich Cologne. You want to give us a little uh, vocal run? I like that. Okay, and we're here with uh, Miss Carmen Cologne. Do you want to give us a little, a little, a few bars? Nope. Are you sure? Dang. You were singing before we started. We'll I'm angry with you. you were, <laughs> she was. You were rapping like what was that? CeeLo or something? Uh, Who was that? Skilo. Skilo. Okay, nice. Old school. Not happening. Okay. Hello. All right, hello. And we're here with uh, Leonard Bautista. Do you, you always sing, so... I'm good. You're good, okay. And then uh, Christopher Daniel Johnson, CDJ, hashtag CDJ. Christocentric. Yes, Christocentric Chris. <laughs> and then uh, we're here with Seth. Ooh. See, that's what I was looking for from everybody. <laughs> I was looking for some... Bo- oh, all right. Redo all right, redo it. Carmen. We're here with Carmen. Give us a... Okay, we're here with Rich. How about a vocal run, Rich? Perfect, Perfect, man. That's perfect. We're going to use that on Good Friday. Um, Carmen, uh, a vocal run, please. I know. I actually can do it. Um, Yeah, come on. Vocal run. Get it, girl. (laughs) Nice. All right, Nardo, come on. Give us a vocal run. We're starting this thing with vocal runs. How great is our God? Nice. I like it. Yeah. Hello. Uh, CDJ, vocal run, please. No, thank you. I'm Come good. on, dude. I'm good. Come on, we're vocal. I'll do my vocal. <laughs> <laughs> There's mine. You sound like you just floated into the room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about going into being a voice coach. That's a great idea. <laughs> totally, a vocal teacher. Totally, totally get some voice coaching before you do that. <laughs> oh, okay. So we're here with CC Conversations and Vocal Runs. And we're covering, um, today we're discussing our Love Like Jesus series that we just finished this past uh, Sunday. And it was a three-week series. And so week one, Chris shared about forgiving sinners. Chris, tell us a little bit about what, you know, kind of what you talked about. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about uh, the, the main premise of, of kind of our conversation uh, the first week of this series. We talked about how... Uh, we are wired as humans to kind of have this uh, response of when someone does something wrong to us or someone takes a stance against us that we're wired to kind of go back at them. And we talked about how Jesus says, you know, you've heard it say, uh, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. Uh, But he flips the script and he says uh, to love your enemies and to pray for those who persecute you. And so we talked about what it means to to live a life of forgiveness and live open-handedly. And we kind of talked about how, like, if God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and not holding people's sin against them, then, like, if God God forgives us, then then why do we have the right to hold people's sin against them when, when, you know, they offend us or hurt us? Yeah, totally. So uh, we talked about what it looks like uh, and what the world could look like if we we did that more. Yeah, to receive the forgiveness of God and then also reflect it as well. And then in week two, we talked about... um, washing feet and um essentially we we talked about servanthood and humility and how when jesus showed up on the scene 
um, it was, again, backwards. He flipped the script. He didn't come in as a king wanting everyone to work, like, you know, uh, on a white stallion with all this crazy stuff. I likened it to the uh, uh, movie Aladdin when Prince Ali comes in and he's like, Prince Ali, Ali is he, Ali Ababa, and, like, all that stuff's going down. Uh, I'm I, didn't, I never knew those were the words. It is, yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, well... Ali is he Ali Ababwa? Ababwa? I don't know. Are you are yeah. you positive on that? Like one hundred. I worked with Robin Williams to write that song. <laughs> I don't know if you okay. knew that or not, but um, yeah. I got a contract from Disney. That's my best Robin Williams. <laughs> 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 and so, um, and Show so some respect, man. Yeah. Come on. R.I.P. R.W. R.I.P. Anyway, so we talked about um, you know humility and washing feet, and how we need to locate um, and and just have a mindset and a perspective that we're looking for ways to serve that we can say I can do that. That one's mine, and picking up where um, you know we see the need to be met. And then in week three, we talked about uh, breaking bread, and we talked about communion and community, and how um, you know following Jesus is not meant to be done alone, but in community with other people. And here at Central Church, we call this place a faith community because faith is super important, but community is also super important. And so when we looked at Acts chapter two, verses forty-two through forty-seven, it gives us kind of two spiritual disciplines and two communal disciplines. And so we looked at those and thought. You know, this is kind of how we need to live. Community is so important. And so over these past couple of weeks, you know, what, what are some takeaways or some things that you've heard in house church discussions or whatever that have kind of stuck out to you that, you know, you feel like people have been chewing on and you've been able to kind of take away from it? Man, I got so much feedback from my message. People listening to the podcast specifically because they they thought I was hating on John Wick. <laughs> and I wasn't, I wasn't hating on John Wick. I keep telling people I don't mind that movie. I was just, uh, it was a, it was a point, it's an illustration, it's an exaggeration. So here I am on the record, on the podcast, saying I don't hate John Wick. I don't love John Wick, yeah. but I don't hate John. Wick. And you don't judge people who do love. And I don't judge people. You actually, I will me, not hold it against you. I'll forgive no, you. You will forgive you them. You made me want to watch it more, actually. Really. Yeah. Yeah, because I saw no. John Wick and thought, yep, there's literally no way I'm ever going to see that. Yeah. It, like, I instantly get put into the category with, like, all Nicolas Cage movies. Me too, yeah. Like, there's when it came out, it was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. There's <laughs> nothing ever that intrigues me about about uh, a Keanu Reeves movie. No. Like, unle- like, I mean, unless I was, like, 14 watching, like, Slow Motion Bullets, but, like... But that was awesome. Yeah, but nowadays... And that was all about God. Yeah. Oh, totally, yeah. With the Wachowski, um, yeah. Brothers, sisters. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Peoples. People. People. So, anyone else have any uh, <laughs> thoughts on this series, or is this going to be our shortest CC conversations thus far, um, where we just do vocal runs and talk about John Wick? Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I keep trying to hit that Justin Bieber note. Uh, uh, dang. Let, let me love you. You know what I'm saying? That was, that was actually perfect. Let me love you. <laughs> I won't give up. No, no, no. Let me love you. <laughs> That's just a that's that's just about a about an octave too high for me. <laughs> just just one, maybe half an octave, but I'm I'm in the zone. <laughs> so close, <laughs> so close. <laughs> You're in the ballpark. Um, um, no, I I um okay. So uh, I really liked Chris's message, uh, mostly because I learned that John John Wick was based around his dog dying, which is epic. But um, I like that too. I think that's a, the like the the whole point of the um, the message that day is um, it's powerful. You know, like 
we we are I don't know I don't I definitely don't think that God wires us that way, but I think uh society and like our surroundings and social media wires us in a way where we just have this predisposition of judgment like all the time. Like yeah. when all you do is read people's statuses without really knowing the mindset that like they were in when they wrote it or what just happened off the computer that prompted them to write that. And then you see people's Instagram pictures and, and different things like that. And we're constantly, if you really look at it like that, when you see this picture, you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. When you read the status, you have no idea what really fully prompted them to write it, all this stuff. And so nine times out of 10, we're getting everything that we're getting from people, like just through social media, through news outlets, through everything, we're getting it all out of context. And then we're right. taking it and we're trying to put it in our own context and we're making judgments based off of that. And so when you Are you bring, talking about Facebook statuses or the Bible? No, I'm talking about I'm ta- <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, ta- I'm talking about both. So right. well, and, and a lot of times, if you want me to preach, hallelujah, mm, uh, get like it. what so a lot of times what we'll do then too is um yeah, it's actually a perfect storm because you'll take that and you'll take somebody's, you know, things that people air out. And granted, a lot of people air things out that they shouldn't via social media, but we'll take that and we'll be super critical about it. And then we'll take, a lot of times you'll take a Bible verse out of context as well. And then you'll try to run the two together and be like, see, this is why, you know, this is why it's not right. And this is why, blah, blah, blah. And I think God's just like, "Mm, mm -mm, yeah, right. Back off, you know, like, like, I don't know. Um, I always, like, in my mind, I never really verbalized it, but I think that the the cool thing about Chris's talk was that, um, you know, what he summed up in that talk, which I'll sum up like this, is, you know, like, love first, you know, love first. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. love should be the first, the first filter that you run things through. It should be, like, love first, you know. If you're going through judgment first, if you're going through assumption first, if you're going through anger, you know, irritation, whatever first, then you're already doing it wrong, you know. Yeah. Um I always tell I always tell people this, like my friends, um, as you can tell by listening to this podcast, I have a big mouth, and so I, I stick my foot in my mouth a lot, and I say dumb things a lot, or I'll joke around too much, and people will get bothered by it, and so that's created problems in the past for me where I have to just apologize profusely for just being a ding dong sometimes, and <laughs> I'll um <laughs> uh, I'll uh. uh go back to it and I always tell them, I say, listen, man, like, I understand you're mad. I- I'm sorry for that, but you have to give me the benefit of the doubt. As friends, as another person, as... Your mic just cut out. Your mic just cut out. You were talk- You out-talked your batteries. How- there you- I- it won't be the last time. Um, yeah, so, like, when they get mad at me or anything like that or I've had to apologize for things, I always tell them, like, you have to give me the benefit of the doubt and when we get into a confrontation where you've offended me I have to give you the benefit of the doubt because I just have to assume that you mean better than that you know that your intention is more positive than that and so um what I really liked specifically about like Chris's message was you know I think it was all rooted in that like love first love first love first and when you feel that you've been wronged enough to take it out on other people you know give people the benefit of the doubt you know, um, have better hopes for people than that, assume better of people than that. Uh, but even at the very bottom of, of it, even if they did mean something bad by it, um, you know, uh, that's when we come back to like the grace and the forgiveness and the mercy that like, yeah. Jesus showed us. And like, us. I have, I have a, we had a family wedding uh, this past weekend, and I had family come in from Kansas City and California and all over the place. 
And but I have an aunt that lives here in Michigan, and she is just bound up with unforgiveness. And it's really hard, and it's unforgiveness at her children, it's unforgiveness at the family, it's unforgiveness just across the board. And we're all together this past weekend. We're having a blast. We're having fun. We're dancing. We're going out to eat with each other. We're hanging out, just talking, laughing, joking, telling all, all these stories. And just we're in community as a family together having a blast. And the only one that's really, like, suffering the repercussions of the unforgiveness is my aunt. You know, we're all hanging out. We're all having fun. We're all doing our thing. The only one that's punished is her for the bitterness and unforgiveness in her heart. And I heard it said, um, I don't know who said it. It's a pretty popular quote, so somebody probably knows. But it's uh, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and then hoping the other person dies. And that's exactly it. All it does is it chains you up and, 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 and puts you in bondage to where you can't enjoy life. You can't enjoy relationships. You can't enjoy, you know, your relationship with God because you're so pissed off at someone else all the time mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's a yeah. really it's a really really hard thing yeah this, absolutely this makes him keep thinking of oh go ahead this i just keep thinking of because i saw it twice now the shack because mm-hmm. it's all about forgiveness and so so you're uh, like a universalist going straight to hell <laughs> no twice. i just there was something that was that like <laughs> you heard it here first carmen cologne is a heretic <laughs> heretic <laughs> universalist oh yeah. gosh Mom, no go sorry. for it girl um, so this was in the movie and so I had to look it up so I wouldn't say it right, but it's when Mac was like, Mac was like, I can't do this. He had to like forgive. Yeah. If, I don't want to spoil the movie, but he yeah. had to forgive obviously. Yes. And, um, the quote says this, I want you to forgiveness is first for you, the forgiver to release you from something that will eat you alive, that will destroy your joy and your ability to be fully and open. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just it's forgiveness is huge. Yeah. I mean, when you can, it's so hard. I think we can all say we've struggled with it, but when I think when you can truly forgive someone, you you are living like Jesus. You're loving yeah. like Jesus, and it's so freeing, mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful. But it's so hard. But I like what it what when the when she was like, it's not forgiveness isn't for the other person. It's it is, but oh, yeah. it's first for you. It's mostly for you're you. You're bonding. Absolutely. You're like putting yourself in chains when you mm-hmm. hold unforgiveness mm-hmm. towards other people. So, so can be so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's for me. I feel like it's it has to be a complete shift of the way that you interact with the world around you, because um, it's not just okay. Well, in this specific scenario. I'll choose to let this one go, even though you do have to do that in specific situations. But like in general, um, if you're looking for a book that'll absolutely change your life and rock your worldview, um, Repenting of Religion by Greg Boyd has really shaped a lot of um, what we've talked about and kind of what we've been dealing with uh, here recently at Central Church. And um, I would strongly suggest it just because he talks a lot about fighting judgment and being able to see people the way that God sees them. And so if you can love people, like like Rich was saying, you love first. Like if you can see people and you can see that they are just dearly loved by God, that really shapes and informs the way that you move forward. And so something that we talked about that Sunday was that when you hold a grudge against somebody, you're kind of, you're judging them in the sense that you're, you're determining whether they're worthy of your forgiveness or not. And that's the thing is like God has already judged that they're worthy of forgiveness and he's given them forgiveness and it's freely open to them if they choose it and um that's one of those things that if we can choose to walk around like that 
um, it, it doesn't just change like this scenario or that scenario. Okay, well, now I'm not mad with my mom anymore. Or now I'm not mad with my friend anymore or whatever. But it actually will change the way that you see people, like every person that you encounter, whether you know them or whether you don't. And I think that that's like, it's unbelievable when you can kind of start to step into that. Yeah, to piggyback off of that for a second, like, um, it's like the whole idea of justice. Like, everyone thinks justice means everyone gets what's coming to them or that kind of idea. But um, it's more of, like, God making things as it should be. Like, and as God had intended all of us to live in harmony, all of us to, um, like, not be drinking poison. Right. Uh, and, And so that's why you see, like, when, like, terrible things happen like tragedies happen like there's been like the uh shooting in the um ame church in charleston like the people the victims the victims families like forgave dylan roof for that because that is that's god's justice it's not the world's justice it's god's justice and that's huge so often the church tries to take on the role of god's justice keeper yeah (laughs) it's like oh man that's not you that's that's god you know what I mean? It's it's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right. I, I think what Rich said is very profound, to love first, because that, that kind of permeates all of uh, the series that we talked about. You know, when you're forgiving and you love first, it makes it easier to forgive. If you love first, it makes it easier to serve. If you love first, it makes it easier to hang out and be with each other and community and all that sort of thing. Well, like, it was the craziest thing. We, we can move on to the next one in a, in a second. But when we were having this discussion in our house church, uh, it was man, some of the stuff that came up was, was incredible. And like in our house church, we have people for dealing with like a range of things from like something that every person will experience at some point in their life, you know, a friend betraying them or whatever, uh, to like one, one of the girls was talking about like having to forgive her ex stepdad that like abused people and stuff and is in prison and you know, all this stuff. And it was just like to go from the one end of the spectrum to the other and to look at like, I mean, you've got relationships with families that are like destroyed and you've got friendships that are broken and you've got, you know, literally forgiving people for heinous crimes and like to really embrace that, that idea and that message is it's very difficult and it's offensive, but it's, it's totally worth it. You know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And forgiveness is something everyone has to deal with. Like everybody, obviously it's in varying degrees, like you said, but it's something everybody has to deal with. It's crazy. Any more thoughts on the forgiveness stuff? No, not really. Not for the most part. Uh, what about the what about the the service stuff and humbling ourselves and, um, you know, looking for ways to meet the need rather than being. We we talked about how rather than being people who are uh, when we follow Jesus, we're no longer spiritual consumers, but we need to become spiritual contributors, and we don't need to look for a church to meet our needs. Rather, we need to realize that we are the church. And we are called to meet the needs of the world. Yeah, that was a huge, like that quote, um, being a, rather be, rather than being a consumer, being a contributor. Because yeah. being a consumer means like you're more open to like just being jaded when things aren't. The way you like them. Yeah, the way that you right. want them to be. And uh, the story that Chris said, or Chris told about um, his phone not working and yeah. um, being at like the mire and helping somebody put like food from their cart into the belt right and everything like he wouldn't have noticed that if he was just you know like consuming if he was just 
you know, like mm-hmm. tunnel vision to himself. Yeah. Like looking out to see and seek the needs of others. Um, it changes like the way that you live your life completely. And it makes you more open to the people around you. And like that just leads to like a more open life, a more happy life, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. It's it's about being others focused in all ways. Um Yeah, so um two things. Um I forgot what the first one was. So I'll just go to the second. Maybe it'll remind me of the first. Um so yesterday we were um heading to the Tigers game. Um Woo-woo. which they won. They beat the Red Sox. Yeah. Go Tigers. Sox. Go yeah. Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> there was <laughs> There's a guy there that every time it didn't matter what Red Sox got up to bat, there was a guy there that was like close enough to where the players could hear him. As soon as the Red Sox got up to bat, he was like, "Pajoya socks!" Like every like, time. <laughs> so funny. Anyway, has nothing to do with it. We're um we're driving down the we're going on 75 South heading into downtown, and uh, it was raining. It, was, it had just actually kind of finished raining. The rain was letting up. And uh, the whole time we're driving, there's, like, these these wet spots here and there on the road and this and that. And, um, you know, like, we felt a couple times even as we were driving, we felt like the car kind of hydroplane. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. We're going straight. We weren't even turning or anything. And yeah. we'd hit a pouch of this, this water, and we'd feel the car kind of, like, carry, like, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, we get down, and we hit this, like, patch of, like, rough traffic. And, you know, we're just trying to get to the game, so we're kind of maneuvering through the lanes, whatever. And we come up on the spot where uh, where the holdup was, and there was a guy's car. It was in the middle. It was a three-lane road, and uh, in the middle lane, the guy's car was sitting sideways. And um, Yeah, but and, there were no other cars, so we were like, And there was no, other, so weird. no other cars around. So we pull up, and the guy is trying to, trying to move the car out of the street by himself. It was bashed up, like, you know, looked like he got into a – pretty bad collision with at least one or two other cars and he's trying to move the car and so you know sam rolls down the window and we're like hey do you need help let's push it out the road so we pull off the side we run over to him and the whole top of the car is crushed the windshield is crushed the front you know the front bumper and everything's yeah. thrown off the whole engine's exposed yeah the bumper was like, like over my shoulder while we were pushing it yeah and we're like <laughs> we're like dude where, where's the other car at what happened he's like there is no other car and we're like what happened and he's like i was driving down the road just straight driving down the road my car hydroplane by itself and i rolled my car just rolled in the middle yeah. of, of 75 yeah and the car landed upright he had zero scratches or anything yeah. on him. he was dressed kind of fly he yeah. was on his way to work he's yeah, like he nice was, and just yeah. totally normal he had like a nice like i mean he was rattled shirt, he didn't know, you know what the heck happened and so he's standing there and we're like Holy cow. And yeah, we're like, well, should we move the car? Let's move the car. And we go to start pushing. And he's just like shaking his head like, like, like what? Like, whoa. And we're <laughs> yeah. like, dude, what happened? Like, like, or we're like, are you okay? Like you keep like, you're acting yeah. funny. Are you okay? He's like, uh, he's like, I'm physically, I'm, I'm absolutely fine. I just don't, I don't get how I'm not, not hurt at all. Like my car just flipped, dude. And, <laughs> and I'm absolutely fine. And we're like, I know. And then, you know, I start trying to share the gospel with the guy and Sam's like, I know, dude, it's just crazy. You're not dead. And I'm like, brother, so <laughs> brother, let brother, me point you to brother, the throne please. room of God. So, uh, so then I pulled out my gospel by color bracelet and led him to the Lord. So, <laughs> so, um, so we pushed this car out of the road and the, the whole point of what I'm saying is Sam looks at the guy and he goes, how long have you been in the middle of the road? And Sam's like, or, and the guy's like, you know, for a few minutes, whatever. And Sam goes, 
did other cars like see this happen to you? And he's like, yeah, totally. There was cars everywhere. And he was like, and nobody stopped to help you. And the guy's like, nope, not anybody. Did anybody ask you if you need help or anything? And the guy's like, no, nobody. Yeah, it was crazy. And the thing that probably stuck even while, with- Even while we were doing it, yeah. hundreds of cars passed by us while we're obviously struggling to get us. this car. They're honking They're at They're honking us. at us to get out of the way. Yeah. And we're trying to push. Real? We're trying to push this car. And my last words before we started pushing the car were, yeah. "Dear Lord, don't let it blow up." Yeah, Dear you Lord, did say that. Because it I was, was like, in, dang, I didn't even think about that. It, it was in such bad condition <laughs> that you know I've seen enough bad Keanu Reeves movies to where <laughs> to know the car is yeah. in bad enough condition to where you know you're waiting for like that weird sound where it's like. You know, I was waiting for the sound, and then I was gonna just dive out of the way. But uh, um, but you know, being in Detroit, if I would have dove, I probably would have landed on somebody's windshield because they weren't stopping. No. So, uh, but the thing that stuck with us the most after we got back in, after we got back in the car was, holy cow, that gar- that guy's car flipped, and nobody else was involved. Like it just randomly flipped, and he's not hurt. And then the second thing that we kept saying was, I can't believe nobody stopped to put a hand on that guy's car and push it out the road. Right. Nobody stopped to help that guy. Right. Everybody pulled by and rolled down the window and looked out and got mad at the guy for doing something, you know, for being in the middle of the road, but nobody wanted to help him clear the road. Yeah, crazy. And, um, and so as we were talking about, like, forgiveness or whatever just now, that just it reminded, it reminded me about it because it really stuck out to us because we were like, that's jacked up. Everybody saw a problem, but nobody wanted to fix it. It, it just it clicked something in our brains where, like, morally, that's not okay. You know, right. like, you see the dude out here, not, not, not only should he be dead, but his car cannot move. Yeah. And everybody wants to honk and get mad at him instead of fixing it. Right. And the problem with, uh, with westernized church culture, here we go, I'm preaching, is, um, is that th- that's how everybody looks at church. People, people want to find the church that's perfect, that, that they don't have to really get involved in. They can come and they can have an easy ride down the highway. You know, they can just woo, go for a Sunday stroll or a Sunday, you know, Sunday roll, I guess, a Sunday drive. And, you know, everything's cool. The AC's pumping. Don't got to worry about nothing. But the second there's a hang up, nobody wants to, you know, like being, being uh, uh, consumers in it. Everybody wants to get mad when something goes wrong, but nobody want to, wants to put a hand in the situation to fix it. And we get it when we see things like that happen, but we don't get it when we're inside of the church, which is totally backwards because that's, this is God's institution for, for uh, you know, his, his spirit moving in powerful ways through the earth. And so um, that, that, thank you, I reminded myself. Thank you, Richard, you're awesome. Um, that reminded <laughs> me of the first thing I was going to say, and that's that, Everybody, what we need to realize for all of us to not just be onlookers to the accident on the highway, you know, like waiting for the traffic traffic to get cleared, is realizing that we all, in that situation, we all are called to help clear the clear the road. Yeah, you know, like when you become a Christian, Absolutely. you have an immediate call in your life to to be actively engaged in yeah. serving and in faith and in a faith community, and you like people kind of try to dance around it by using funny like church words like calling and and you know yeah, like totally. leading and things like that oh i don't feel led to that i don't feel called to that but the truth is is that it doesn't matter what the crap you feel led or called to do in that scenario in that specific situation of being a christian you have the guaranteed immediate uh, scriptural call on your life and leading uh, on your life um, to be an actively engaged role in your local church and in your faith community for sure so for sure man and then for us it wasn't even a question if we were going to stop it was where are we going to park 
the fastest to get out here and help this dude. Yeah, and not get hit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was that was wild. Something that we talked about a little bit in our house church uh, discussion this past week was uh, we talked about how you know sometimes you get this like because a, a lot of us had, had grown up in church and stuff and a lot of the time when you hear these kind of messages about serving and about humbling yourself and stuff like that um the feeling that comes across sometimes can be like well you're just supposed to do it like i know you don't like it but you're just supposed to do it because that's just how that's just what you're supposed to do and um, we got kind of talking about what it what it actually does and how it's actually good for us and how it blesses you when you do those things. Um, mm-hmm. And like the two main things that came to my mind in, in that discussion were the first one was is that we we really need a reminder sometimes that we are not the center of the universe. You know, like everything doesn't revolve around us and like we forget that really easily and especially in a consumeristic culture it's like everything is will make everything convenient for you make everything easy for you make everything pleasurable or like don't so that you don't have to experience any kind of hurt or any kind of like inconvenience like inconvenience is like the worst thing possible in the american culture right now you know um and so if we are able to every now and then like find opportunities where we can inconvenience ourselves, where we can get interrupted or where we can lower ourselves or do the hard work that nobody else wants to do. It just is, it's that constant reminder in the back of our heads that like, we are not everything. We're not what the world revolves around, you know, and it kind of removes yourself from the situation. The second thing that we talked about was what the world would look like if more people grabbed onto that. Yeah, totally. And like if you think about even even just inside the church, how many people identify as Christian just in America? Mm-hmm. And then you look at America's stance like in the world and you look at like you know, if you want Jesus says if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, you must be a servant of all. Right. And we there there's literally a complete disconnect. They're not even just a sort of kind of disconnect. There is <laughs> a 100% no, yeah. like there's like a there's like a, I don't know, Grand Canyon disconnect there. And um, we kind of got talking about what that would look like if we actually put feet to it and actually said like, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to be the greatest in the context of what the world sees as the greatest. I want to be a servant of all because I want to be the greatest in the kingdom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because really there's only one who can be the greatest and his name is R. Kelly. <laughs> His name is, yeah, is R. Kelly. Mm, I'm the world's greatest. That's that's man. It's sky. yes. Do you think we it's, can fade it's a little this podcast bit off putting? It's a little bit off putting to hear like there's only one who can be the greatest, and I'm th- immediately thinking Jesus, and then you say R. Kelly. It's <laughs> so, like I'm picturing Jesus in my head, and then you say R. Kelly. And then I say and R. Kelly, like, and it's like all out there. It window. was really off putting, like super. <laughs> <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> yes, obviously I'm joking. I'm, um, Chris is really disturbed right now. I'm yeah. like I'm really just I'm reeling a little bit here. No, but it is it's true, okay. and I think I think culture is always consistently telling us to, to be the greatest and that we're the greatest and that we need to strive for the greatest. I mean. You know, um, it's political campaigns. It's it's in our entertainment. It's in our culture all over the place. And that's why this message of Jesus is so countercultural. You know, that's why it's so different. Um, but it should also, it shouldn't just be different. It should look different. And the way that we come across should be different physically, visually, communally, in everything that we do. 
you know, that, that kind of goes into the third week that we talked about, about our community and how our community should point people to Jesus. The way that we interact with each other, the way that we love each other, the way that we serve each other, um, the way that we communicate to one another, the way that we spend time with one another, the way that we view finances, the way that we view our time, our gifts, our energies, our talents, our abilities, our families, all of that stuff, um, it should point people to Jesus, you know? Yeah, um, that's one thing that, like, we've really been trying to drive home with, like, um, at Catalyst, uh, the youth yeah. group, is... Um, you know, I'll, I'll share with the, the the teenagers. You know, I got to give them a heavy guilt trip every week, and so um, <laughs> yeah, um, got to guilt them into Jesus. Yeah, that's the best way. And so um, that's the gospel. The gospel of guilt. Yes, this is the gospel of our Lord. Yes, feel bad. Um, so yeah, so I'll tell them though. You know, a lot of times if they get rowdy, like we have we have a rowdy bunch, and they're ragtag, and they're you know we're. We totally got like the 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 bad news bears, like the underdog yeah. thing going for us. And um, uh, like if this was dodgeball, we would totally be average Joe's gymnasium. Yes. And so, um, which is great because Vince Vaughn's the man. But um, <laughs> Patches O'Houlihan. And so um, we uh, uh, I'll have to tell him though, what the crap am I saying? You know what I'm saying? Like this is sometimes I just stand back and go, Richard. What are you saying? And so, but so <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that I'll tell them, I'll say, you know, man, like this is a family. Like, like I don't use the words faith community to them too much, but what I'm trying to convey is the same heart, it's the same, it's the same mind is, um, this is a family. Like we're a family based around, you know, like this, like based on the gospel model. And so, yeah, it's a community, it's a faith community, but I want them to think of each other and all of the leaders as family. And so a lot of times I share with them, like, man, like this community that we're building, we're not building it because we have to, we're not building it because, uh, there's this like, you know, scriptural mandate for us to be here and to do all this and, and all that. And, and aspects of that might play into it in the, in the big picture. But the, the reason that these leaders come and they share their, they give up their own money and they give up their own time, they give up their own resources and, and all these things to, to try to get teenagers in the door is, is not to uh, foster an atmosphere of like, you know, just purely having a good time and, and, and experience like that, even though, again, that's part of it. The whole, the whole idea, the whole drive is to generate a community where you can lean on each other, a family where you can really lean on each other and have that relationship. Also that way it encourages you in your faith towards Jesus. And so, um, that's a big thing that we try to not only try to talk about, but we try to create is that atmosphere of a family and community and and just leaning on each other uh, because that really just drives the whole faith experience home, you know? Yeah, yeah well, I mean, I feel like if you talk to someone, like, outside the church and when they hear kind of what what we do, like, what the habits that we make here, it's, it just seems so crazy to them. Like, why would you why would you give up your Sunday mornings? Why would you prioritize house church? You know, why would you... Uh, even like give your money, you know, give a part of your income uh, to this community and, and stuff like that. And it just it feels so backwards. But I mean, if you think about it, like 
loving your enemies feels backwards. Jesus riding in on a donkey feels backwards. Like the savior of the world washing feet feels backwards. Like the Christ, like God himself dying for the sins of the world is backwards. So when we follow the Jesus way, it's going to look weird. It's going to look different. But that's the thing is that like, I believe when Jesus said he came to give us life and life more abundant, it's like, that's part of the whole deal and you're missing out on it if you're if you're missing one of these elements and i think community is one of them that that scripture talks about consistently throughout yeah. it's just that like this community that god has created i mean we are the body of christ god has created us for this community and we can't thrive we can't have abundant life unless we're in it and unless we're bought in and we make it a priority you know right absolutely we, um so we were talking about, um, like, just Palm Sunday and, like, um, Good Friday coming up. And in kids' church, I don't really, like, dwell on the death so much because... Hey, kids. That How horrible would that be if your kid came home and was like, all we talked about was death. So... There was lots of blood, Mom. Yeah. So, <laughs> it was awesome. Lots of blood. You know, we just talk about, like... You know, I, of course I talk about it because it is important to our faith and, yes. you know, they should know that. But I let them know, like, the cool thing about our story is that it doesn't end there like yeah. Jesus is alive. So it's totally. not like we have to dwell on death when when we serve someone who's alive. And so um, so I was talking to the kids and I'm like, well, why do you think Jesus, you know, why would he do this? Like, why would you just do this? And it was kind of funny to to hear some of their answers. Um I don't, I don't remember a mall, but I remember thinking, like, kind of, you know, close. But um, okay, we can work with that. <laughs> I actually think it was Titus, though. I can't remember 100%, but oh, I think it, I called on Titus. No, it was a cute one. And I said, well, what do you think? And he said, because he just loves us. And I think, um, you know, I feel like I mention it all the time, like, childlike faith and just going back mm-hmm. to that. And, like, man, I think sometimes just to see that that they would see that it's because he just loves us so much. And I said, well, that's what we have to do. We have to just be like Jesus and love people like that. So I think um, there's a point to this, and I just can't remember. But um, just going back to that, like, man, he he was – and then we talked about being selfless, and we talked about washing feet too. Um, and just like, why would – would you want to touch a stinky foot? And they're all like, no. <laughs> and like freaking out and stuff and I was like but for Jesus it was never about him it was never about him we talked about how he could have like we were talking about how the president how when they get this cool limo and stuff and I'm like but did Jesus have the coolest chariot or anything like no I'm like no it was a donkey because it's never about him and I was just trying to drive that point home to them Sunday like it has never been about us it's, or it's never been about who we are, but it's about who we can serve and who we can love. And so um, it was kind of cool to see the kids just just kind of get that this Sunday. Like, man, it's not about us. It's about everyone else. And that's what Jesus came for. And I was like, and that's how I want you guys to live your life. So it was, um, to sum it all up, it's just, it was, yeah. yeah. No, yeah that's not about good. us. That's cool. And I love, I love to, to hear and to see the connection that we're making from, you know, Central Church in the Sanctuary to Central Church back in Catalyst and how Rich is breaking it down to those guys and then back in the kids' ministry where you're breaking it down to the kids and everything because it is. It's a, it's a holistic community. It's it's the whole family buying into this idea and this lifestyle of loving like Jesus and serving like Jesus and being like Jesus. So are there any final thoughts 
um, on the series as a whole? Any final takeaways? Any uh, final things that uh, you want to share before uh, we wrap it up? I think this was um, such a good series to do before Easter because, you know, sometimes we just, some people just want to get like, oh, it's Easter, yay, celebration, whatever, and move on. But, I mean, you kind of set the building blocks for what Easter is. And Easter isn't just, you know, the day for egg hunts and the bunny and, you know, whatever. It's, But it's more of like it's this day that can be this catalyst to who we're supposed to be like and who we're supposed to love like and who we're supposed to live like. Like, yes, he is alive and that's exciting and whatever, but like now we're supposed to be him on earth and we're supposed to, you know, love, literally like this series said, love like Jesus. And and so I think it's good to have that reminder going into Easter that's like he did all of this, yes, for us, but so that we can do it for everyone else too and to be a light in our community and and to be a light yeah. to others. Yeah, absolutely. Ricky Vick, what are your final thoughts? Um, kind of like what, what Chris was saying, um, uh, that the, the Christian life uh, is made up of, like, you know, several components. And when you leave out any, any one of those components, you're, you're getting, like, a lopsided experience and a lopsided picture of what, what God, contended, uh, God intended – what God intended the Christian's life, what God intended the Christian's life to be. And so, um, you know, I would just say don't be afraid and don't be put off by any one of those components or elements if you want to, if you, if you have a tendency to shy away from them, uh, because God also is a good God and a loving God. And, uh, he takes, uh, he gets joy and glory out of your joy. And, um, and so in all of these things, even like giving of your time, giving of your resources, all of that, God gives you joy and gives you peace and gives you all those things in the midst of all that. And because of all that, to where it really becomes a genuine joy and excitement uh, in that experience of the Christian life uh, for the believer. And so, uh, so don't, uh, you know, I would just say don't feel the need to shy away from uh, any aspect of that because God, um, God is in the midst of it. God intends for you to experience all of it, and um, God will change your heart to where even if it's not something that you are naturally prone to enjoy uh, being a part of, um, God will shape you by it, and it'll, it'll become a genuine joy of your life. Yeah, so. that's good. That's good. Nardo, any, any final thoughts? I just thought this series was a really cool um practical uh just image and example of a lot of things that are kind of just like typically uh just kind of like the the cliche like just the stories of jesus that we hear all the time like forgiving sinners washing feet breaking bread like these are like hallmarks of like land landmarks of jesus's like work on earth um but it was it was really cool to see how um, not only was it a simple thing, like these are, I mean, like forgiving people who wrong you is difficult, but like the concept is simple. Um, washing people's feet is not something normal, but like being humble is something that we, yeah, like, it's that it, we can take away, that we can do. Yeah. And like for me, like being a little bit more introverted, like, 
community like mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit harder for me to just go out of my way to be social yeah but like to understand the importance of community yeah it's like it's it's huge so like all of these things as simple and as cliche as they are um as like often as we hear these things and as we read like all of these stories that we've heard if you grew up in church or whatever like all these stories are just typical stories that you would normally hear but to like actually see in front of my eyes this whole community this whole church like um internalize all of these things and be these things to each other and like it really has um like we normally do like what have we learned this week on tuesdays yeah and like this would be like what i I what i've learned over the last like series is that like these things are real and like as simple as it is it's like it's really life changing to like yeah. do all these things. Absolutely. Yeah. That's good. Chris, what are your thoughts? Uh well, I just ran downstairs and back upstairs real quick and I'm out of breath. So that's my <laughs> hey, thought uh, right now. Out of breath, Chris. Uh, what are your thoughts? <laughs> um honestly, for me, the whole thing centers back to what Carmen was saying and the selflessness. I mean, like if you think about who Jesus is, like who Christ is. Um, I mean, he's scripturally, he's, he's elevated above all. He's, you know, creator of heaven and earth. Like nothing would exist without him. Everything was made in and through him. And for Jesus to show up on the scene and to be a complete model of selflessness is unbelievably paradigm shifting. It changes the whole universe. And, um, for us to follow the way of Christ, uh, the only way that we can do that authentically is to remove ourselves from the situation as much as possible. Um, and so I think that like, as we are discussing these things and as we're kind of chewing on this and, and allowing it, it's funny cause I feel like when we go through these series is, um, it starts to spur things in my life that like last months and months after, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm looking yeah. back and going like, man, when we really, when we talked about generosity and now, now we're, you know, two, three months after and yeah. it's, it's still something that's knocking around in my head. And, yeah, absolutely. um, as you continue to digest this and as you continue to, to kind of pray about what God's doing in your heart and in your spirit, um, and, and what changes you need to make, uh, we, I just encourage you to, uh, to really chew on that and, and attempt in, in the best way that you know how to, to be selfless and ask God to show you how to take yourself out of the equation and allow his glory to be shown, you know? Yeah, that's good. What about uh, Seth, our, our sound engineer? Do you have any final thoughts or can it just be summed up in a nice solid vocal run or? I am currently on two and a half hours of sleep. Okay. So that. That'll do. No, no. Uh, give me a vocal run that, that communicates two and a half hours of sleep. Yeah, I made it. I'm the world's greatest. Okay. I like it. Okay, good. That's it. That's it right there. So we'll leave you with those parting words and final thoughts. Um, From our conversation to yours, keep the conversation going. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe.